All right, hello everyone. Welcome in ABC Pod, a boss bear cans. Bear cans, how y'all doing? I'm doing good, man. You know, uh, another day. Uh, grateful, grateful to be breathing. Grateful my heart's beating. How you doing, cans? I mean, you couldn't, you know, couldn't have said it any better. Just waking up, trying to get by day by day. I love it, buddy. I think. How are I you, boss? I think that's all three of us. Just happy to be awake, happy to be uh, doing something that's semi-productive. Um, it's uh, stormy outside. That's yeah, where my life is right now. I heard the weather's been uh, pretty rainy in uh, Chicago. Or like, is is what's it been like? On and off. It was pretty nice yesterday. It's yeah, uh, it was good. It's like we're getting into like July here in San Francisco, so it's a lot of like it's really um, foggy and like overcast mostly. It's really strange. Like my buddy, he asked me, he's like, he's like, is it ninety degrees in San Francisco? I'm like, dude, we don't even get above like seventy five ever, um, like above seventy ever. It's all it's like overcast and foggy. Um, it's good. It's it it doesn't get below like fifty five, but it's not. I mean, it's it's not what. Southern California, obviously. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we got some good stuff here for the for the docket today, or whatever we want to call it, the agenda, the docket, the schedule. The I think I like the way docket <laughs> sounds. So the docket today, we've got a little bit of discussion. Bear's going to give his uh, his usual update on on college basketball players, since uh, I know nothing about that. Uh, and then we've got some trivia as always, except this time, this time it's a little bit different because this time I don't get the opportunity to get destroyed by cans. This time bear gets a chance to face off against cans. Uh, but at the same time I wrote the question. So we should be a little bit apprehensive about how this is going to go. Uh, so the, the theme today, just to get everybody's anticipation going in honor of bear and myself graduating, we're going to be talking rookies. So people who have jobs while I don't have a job. Bear has a job, but I I'm just waiting right now. So I'm waiting for my chance. I'm waiting for that team to sign me. So we're going to be talking a lot about rookies uh, in that trivia session, but, um, you know, stay tuned and you'll get to hear it. I just want to make, I just want to make this very clear, Nick Canzanari. I want all the smoke. Okay. I want, oh my God, I've been waiting for this day for the last year. Um, watching you, watching you take down the likes of, Jordan Jansen and Noah Festenstein, Abbas. Um, who else did you beat? Did you beat anybody else? I can't remember, but uh, that might be the whoever. only the only three. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. But uh, um, I've oh my god, I'm so ready for this. Let's um, I, I, let's just skip all the topics <laughs> and let's go right to trivia. I yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm I'm very interested. You know, maybe it's your questions that were setting me up for success. So we'll see new set of uh, a new question maker we'll see how that you know how that affects me look i'm looking forward to it i i mean look the, the i'm not like picking up like role players who played like two minutes in a season i'm you know the guy their their names you should know hopefully you know i've made them pretty vague but uh at the same time i think vague for a for a average joe is is probably tougher for them but i think nick cans i've got a lot of faith in you Bear, just looking at the questions you've made, I've got a lot of faith that y'all are gonna, gonna be able to guess some of these players. But um, before we get to that, though, 
Before we get to that, we gotta we gotta talk a little bit about the NBA draft. Are you guys down? Do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's jump Paul right into that. So, Paul Reed. Who, who are the is, Bulls getting at seven? At seven, I okay. So it obviously depends on who falls, but it looks like Cole Anthony's gonna fall. Um, he's been dropping in a lot of drafts. The Greg Anthony's son. He's uh he's like 21 years old, but he was a freshman at uh, North Carolina this past year. Um, but he, he was, like, projected as a top-five pick, and he's starting to fall. Obi Toppin, the kid from Dayton, is climbing up drafts. Like, he might be the first pick in the draft now. It's either him or Anthony Edwards. Um, but it's seven. The Bulls picking seven for the 12th consecutive year. Um, <laughs> I I honestly think they're going to end up going big, and I think they go on Yeka and Kangwu, the kid who played high school basketball with LaMelo Ball and Lonzo Ball at Chino Hill. He uh, um, – he he's at, he he played a year at USC. He's you know six eleven, athletic, um, big actually a bigger body than like people. Not a ton of people watch Pac twelve basketball at least in the Midwest. And uh, so I think they might go big. Um, if not, they'll. If, it depends on who falls. But uh, that's who I that's I like Onyeka a lot. So, but if you had to ask me who the best player in the draft is, it's Anthony Edwards, and it's not even close. Do you guys know that kid? From uh, Georgia, right? Oh my God, dude, he's Dwayne Wade, dude. Like it's Flash 2.0. Just is get he, ready. I'm serious. Is he that good? Because like I've heard that this draft is supposed to not be as as good as the past few years. So I I feel like it's kind of like a Kyrie draft where like remember the Kyrie draft where he went one, and then uh, I think was it Oladipo went two? Oh no no that was the Anthony Bennett draft. No, that was Anthony. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Kyrie Irving draft, uh, he went one, and then it was kind of bad after that. Um, Didn't Tristan Thompson go, like, top five in the Kyrie draft? Yeah. Yeah. Um, pull that up, Abbas, if you can. But uh, Yeah. Um, but so I, I think Anthony Edwards, to me, is oh is just absolutely built to fill it up. Like, I, like he's, he's what J.R. Smith could be if J.R. Smith was a franchise two-guard. You know, like, the dude – the dude just like he's got it all in the bag, right? Like he can go left, he can go right, he can hit a fall away, he can dunk on you. I'm I'm a huge Anthony Edwards fan. I think he's gonna have a really nice NBA career. And then after that, it gets a little dicey, right? Like, do you take Obi Toppin it to the you know he's a Mari Stoudemire type out of date, or do you take James Wiseman, who's like the Anthony Davis ceiling type, you know, but he's a lefty and he can shoot a little bit, um, or do you take you know? Killian Hayes, who's the, or or do you take Lamelo Ball? Like, do you like? It gets really interesting. Two to five, and I, I hate. I can't believe I'm saying this. I loved Lamelo Ball too. If you guys watch Lamelo Ball, who you ha- you can't can, avoid it, right? He can ball. I, He's really fun to watch. So is anyway, he? Really, really quickly, this guy Wiseman. He was getting a lot of buzzes, like the number one. What happened to him? So he, so he, he was ruled academically ineligible, like a week into the season. I mean, I don't know even know how many games he ended up playing at Memphis, maybe six, something like that. And he, uh, you know, he, he was the big talk, number one recruit in the class um, and went to Memphis. And I mean, yeah, he, he was projected number one pick. And then Anthony Edwards had a full season at Georgia where he tore up um, some SEC competition. Um, but I mean, it, it's, it's really all, I think Edwards is, I've always been a fan of taking the best player available, right? I don't care what position he plays, take the best player available, figure it out later. 
And I think Anthony Edwards is the best player in the draft. Wiseman is a big, you know, he's seven feet tall and he can, he's athletic and can shoot a little bit. But as far as like who's going to have the better NBA career, I'll take Anthony Edwards every time. Okay. And you were talking about that Kyrie Irving draft. Um, it's a good overall draft, but like, let me read you the, the top 10. Kyrie, Derek Williams, bust, Enos Cantor, kind of a bust at third overall. Thompson, Valanchunas, uh, Jan Vesely. Jan Vesely, the yeah, whatever uh, it is. Uh, the European Blake Griffin is what they called him. The dude was horrible. He was so bad. I, I don't think he. I, I don't think he lasted right? more than two or three years. Got picked um, by the Wizards, right? Yeah, or Wizards. Then, yeah. then Biombo, Brandon Knight, and then Kemba Walker and Jimmer. But then after that, okay. it got really good. It was Clay Thompson at eleven. <laughs> you got Alec Burks, Scrub, the Morris twins. Kawhi, Vucevic, oh, and then yeah, later Kawhi on you get draft. you get Jimmy Butler, you get Bogdanovich. Yeah, but I mean, so, so there's a the little bit round, here and there. To grab Jimmy Butler at the end of the first mm-hmm. round, I mean, that stuff just doesn't happen. Like, that guy played on no. the Olympic team, and now he's, like, taking the heat to, like, new heights. Well, not heights like LeBron and those guys, but um, – uh, Bull, Bulls must have some great uh, front office people to have found Jimmy Butler. <laughs> That was oh, when they picked well, though. That was when they yeah they did they, they did they they drafted Taj Gibson in the second round in that draft, right? No, he was he was a first round pick. He was like sixteenth or twenty one or something. But he was also a okay. really good draft pick, a guy who stuck around for a long time. Yeah, I mean, like during like the Thib years, the Thibodeau years, like the only bad pick was like Marquise T, Tony Snell, Tony Snell. Yeah, Tony Snell. He flashed a little bit, but the rest Trading. of the were actually pretty good. Trading Gary Harris and uh, Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. I, hate, I can't stand Doug McDermott, dude. And, like, Gary Harris isn't Doug even – he, he regressed. He's not even that good anymore. But, like, Nurkic – Nurk alert, baby. Nurkic is your starting center. Okay, okay. Here comes a bots with his Portland love. and like. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm not going to say anything. Back in his I don't want to waste anybody's time here. They already know how I am. <laughs> All right, okay, so, but if you, I was telling my buddies this the other day, just get back, this is my top five in the draft. Anthony Edwards at one, okay, uh, I would go LaMelo Ball at two, and then I would go uh, James Wiseman at three, Obi Toppin at four, and then probably Killian Hayes at five. Um, he's like this young 18-year-old kid, I think he's from Australia. Um, and then, like, the Bulls will have their pick of, like, Okongawu or uh, Cole Anthony or maybe Tyrese Halliburton, who's like the triple-double threat out of Iowa State. Um, There's also a guy from Israel, right, who's been – Yeah, Denny – I can't say – yeah, I I know who you're talking about. He's young too. He's like – he's 18 years old. Like he is real young. Um, He's a nice player. I haven't watched enough tape on him to really give you a good – scouting report but he's falling I, what I've noticed in mock drafts is he's falling as well um so and but there's going to be this it's there's going to be like a Kawhi at 15 or a Giannis like that maybe not as good as those guys but there's going to be that kind of player who gets picked middle of the first round who is impactful I'm telling you like this draft is going to yeah. be sneaky yeah because I mean I mean honestly the, dude the Bulls need to get somebody somebody good yeah and I and and like you can look at fit. I mean, it's tough, right? Like, what are, what are they going to do with Otto? 
and uh, some of these other guys. But, I mean, I still believe that if, if, if the best player on the board is a center, you take the best player. If the, if the best player on the board is a point guard, just take him. Because especially in the league, man, because, like, you need – like, the, the teams that are winning titles these days are the Warriors, you know, and, like – well, the Raptors had Kawhi. They was a really good team, though. That was a really good team. Yeah, but, uh, they're still a good team. You have to be – you have to have four or five players. Like, you can't just win with a big three anymore. It feels like you have to have four or five players who can really, like, make an all-star team or, like, at least flirt with the idea of making an all-star team. Yeah, and, like, honestly, there's nobody on this team who's, like, untouchable yet. On the yeah, board. I'm like, not... If you're getting – if you have a if – you, if you draft a power forward – Cool, Markinen. Now's your time to actually show us something. If not, you're done. Yeah, and I like Kobe White. Um, he he fits today's game, and he's fearless, right? Like the dude was just chucking triples. Um, but he's I, like I wouldn't I wouldn't go ahead and be like, oh, there's your franchise guy. Like there's your there's there's your dude that like you know you're not picking a guard because you have Kobe White, right? Like, and I like Zach Levine, I do, but like playing those two guys at the same time is like asking for it defensively. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, the, I think the NBA draft was actually supposed to be today or yesterday. It was, uh, yeah. it was supposed to, I think it was like around now is when we were supposed to have it. But you know, like if you, if you guys want to like talk about the bulls a little bit for a second, like one thing, like what do you do when it comes to an extension with Lori marking it? Don't give it. Man. I dude, look, I still have hope for him, because like, remember like the first game of the season this year, he was like thirty four and and eighteen or something. That yeah, guy that is a- still in there, but like, I don't know why, but like this year they tried taking him from like this driving, all like all around player who can do anything on offense. They turned him into like a spot up shooter. I think that destroyed yeah. him because he's such a he's like he has a nice driving like he can get into the paint he doesn't need to post up either he's just good at handling the ball for somebody his size so so what I remember about his rookie year is he really impressed me with how he could put it on the deck like he could bounce it and get to the hole and his rim protection and those were two things that were just gone and I like I don't claim to be the guy who's watching Bulls basketball every night but like from what I saw he he struggled and then like a lot of like the people I talked to who do watch a lot of Bulls basketball and a lot of NBA were saying that Markinen was not put in the best positions to succeed. But how, I mean, like, even if you're not put in the best position to succeed, like you still show out at times. And that guy, like you said, he had his, his game one where he was really productive. And then after that, like it was nothing. So I, I, I get like Jim Boylan isn't exactly the best X's and O's guy in the league, but I mean, I need more production. Like, if it, I'm with Cans, like, if it's about giving him an extension, I'm out. But I was also out on giving Levine an extension, and he turned into a really solid – he's a bargain at this point. So Well, my, my thing with Markinen is just, like Abbas was saying, he is – you know, you've seen flashes, and there's a good player in him. But, you know, this year – and I don't know if it was him or if it's just because Jim Boylan is the coach – you know, what made him kind of regress a bit. But with the new uh, the new regime coming in, I mean, my God, Boylan is still there as head coach. But I, I don't know. If I'm the new, the new front office people, I think 
you know, if they feel they could get something for him, I think you pull the trigger. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. What do you think about us? You trade Markkinen? I still have so much hope for him. Like, really? I think I, – I, I still – like, I, I mean, I've been a believer since the beginning for him since his rookie year. I really think that he, he could end up being better than Carter, better than, uh, than, um, than Kobe White. I think a, a dude who's that tall, who can shoot that well – and put the ball on the floor, and really his only weakness might be a little bit of his defense. I think you're so there's so much potential there, but you know, I, I you really know think he needs some some better guys around him. And he needs, I mean, like this year he scored more than twenty points, what six seven times. I yeah. mean, come on, man, you've got to show us more than that. Especially after he had a really good sophomore year, other than the the freaking injuries that keep hitting him. Yeah. So. I guess like what I th- like what I project to happen with Larry Markinen is he'll he'll find a new landing spot like he'll end up in Phoenix and just make it rain with Devin Booker and we're gonna regret getting rid of Markinen um, because I it just it doesn't seem like it's gonna come together completely and like so we'll see what happens with the extension if they do extend him if they don't um, and I, I'm leaning towards I wouldn't give it to him. I really wouldn't. And, and like, he's probably going to end up just making me look like a fool. I really think he can have a place in, in this league. I, I just wish – I wish there was, like, a small forward, some uh, like a prototypical three in this draft who's, like, 100% at reach for the Bulls if they were maybe a little bit higher or something. But, like, I'm not they, – they just need that guy because Otto Porter was supposed to be that guy and he can't stay on the floor for more than 10 seconds – without tearing an ACL or spraining a finger or whatever the heck his next injury is. And then getting somebody who can play defense properly, they, they need something like that. But I still have so much faith in, in marketing. And I'm probably just like, cause I'm a stupid optimist. And I always think that the bulls are going to somehow it's going to go well for them. But I don't know. I, I still have faith in him over the rest of these guys. That's your problem, Abbas. You just said it. You're you're an optimistic Bulls fan. You gotta come to the come to the dark side. Get on the pessimistic train uh, because they are so so bad and in so much trouble. And you just gotta get rid of everyone and hope that uh, Carnish I forget how you even say his name. Carnis Sovis and Carnisavas. Uh, Carnisavas and uh, I used Mark- to say it wrong too. Mark Presley can uh, come and turn this around. Yeah, I, I, and, uh, I think they can do it. They can do it. So you Probably don't not, think Chandler? But... You don't think Chandler Hutchinson's the guy on the wing for you? <laughs> oh my Dude, God, he, he's bad. He but, can't. Uh, he can't play. He can't play. He can't even stay healthy, man. None of these guys stay healthy. Nobody on this Bulls team knows how to stay healthy. What's what are the trainers doing? I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Every, Dude, Wendell's always hurt. I don't give them any fault for Otto Porter because he could never stay healthy either way. Like Wendell's always hurt. Markkinen's always hurt. Levine's the only guy who stays healthy. <laughs> and yeah. he's torn his ACL before, and that's the only guy staying healthy. I mean, uh, Valentine hurt a lot. Uh, this guy, I'm pretty sure Sadoransky had injuries this year, one or two. No, you're right. It's you're like, right. Who, he did. Who's, who's staying in the game, man? Who's staying in the game? So – the only it, as far as like who you would want in the draft if you want that wing, there is this kid at Florida State who's flying up boards, Devin Vassell. Um, 
I like him. I, I didn't, again, I didn't watch a ton of Florida state basketball, but he he'll be there at seven and it wouldn't be out completely out of the realm of like possibility that they pick him at seven. Um, but we'll see. I mean, Bulls basketball is a lot like DePaul basketball. Um, they run it like a mom and pop shop and it's like this cute little thing when it's supposed to be like the charter franchise and it's supposed and like DePaul basketball is supposed to be like a well-known name and respected name in NCAA hoops. Um, well, it is in women's because our women's team is awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a sad time to be a Bulls fan. Um, but uh, you know, it'll turn around. It'll turn around. I got faith. I, I'm, I'm, I'm catching a little bit of the optimism from uh, my guy Abbas over there. Let's see, man. Some something good will happen. Uh, anyways, let's let's move on a little bit from uh, from all this basketball. The MLB is returning really quickly. Let's go over that before we uh, get into the long anticipated showdown between the Bear and Cans. So, sixty game season. This is going to be really weird. <laughs> what will be interesting to me is what happens with, like, say, say the Cubs win the 2020 World Series. Like, do you guys see that as, like, the, you know, the, the second title in 100 and, you know, uh, what is that, 12 years? Or, like, Cans, what do you think? So the thing that I uh, – keep hearing people bring up is the 2013 Blackhawks who won that title and it was a lockout year. Now they still played, um, I think it was 60% of the season or whatever. So it's a little different, but you know, I think everyone is going to, you know, see 2020 the title for every sport and be like, Oh, that was the coronavirus year. So There'll be an asterisk, but I don't know if it'll um, necessarily be like – it's not like a Houston Astros asterisk. It's like, you know, hey, th- there was a pandemic going on. But I still would view it as the second uh, championship as far as the Cubs go because, you know, they played as much of the season as they could and they were the champion for that year. So I think people will view it – I mean, it's not going to be the same as 2016 – but it'll still be looked at as a champion uh, championship. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like regardless of who wins, Cubs or anybody, and, and both in MLB, NBA, NHL, whatever, um, I feel like while it's different and, like, the season's kind of different and maybe it's, like, a little bit easier if you're only playing 60 games to make it and, like, stay hot. But, like, then again, we, I, think, like, I feel like the teams are going to be dealing with so many different types of stressors and like different types of difficulties like your star player is infected and they can't play and you somehow find a way to win like i feel like all these things could happen where it's like you have no business winning but you do and like i don't think that's like that should take away from the championship i think honestly it should add to it that like wow in like this type of a year everything's undecided you don't know if the season's actually going to continue or if it's actually going to go on, if something happens, you still find a way to win. Yeah, and, and real quick, uh, Bear, before you give your point, but Abbas, you bring up something that makes me think, and it's, you know, it's apples to oranges, but like you say, a star player gets infected. Even, you know, during a, a regular no-pandemic season, you know, no team is ever 100% healthy. Like, and 
like I said, it's different. You know, injuries happen. This would be, you know, someone getting the coronavirus. But, you know, there's still all these, you know, like, I feel like we always bring it up, but like, you know, Derrick Rose doesn't tear his ACL, you know, would the Heat still win that year? You know, if if Mookie Betts gets coronavirus this year, you know, or or someone like that, you know, th- there's always these questions. And I think that, you know, is just part of sports. And again, this year it's a little different because it's, you know, a, a pathogen in the air. But you still have these questions that come up every year in sports. Yeah, so – I guess for me, um, the only thing I would say is if the Cubs or, you know, if I was a, uh, you know, Arizona Diamondback fan and they won the, uh, you know, World Series, I would still, you know, enjoy the heck out of that, right? Like, so um, I think a lot of the other fans, like fans that, like of all the other, you know, 29 other teams will, um, look at the winner and be like, oh, you know, that was just 2020. Like that was such a weird year. But like, I mean, if it was my title, I would, I would rep, I would rep that. Um, and yeah, Cans is 100% right. Like every year there is something like, you know, the Cubs weren't completely healthy in 2016, although they were very close. Um, they, that was like the one I remember, like, I just remember how close the Cubs, the Cubs, everything broke right for them in 16. Right. But uh, um yeah, it's it's basically a battle of attrition. Who who's the most healthy at the end? And uh, um, it'll be it'll be fun no matter what. I'm just glad that they, they finally we know there's going to be a 60 game season, and it'll start around July 23rd, something like that. And uh, you know we'll have baseball, and hopefully you know everything goes smooth, and it probably won't, but hopefully everything goes smooth, and we have a. Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, at least somebody to crown as the winner at the end. You know, that would be a plus if we do have someone who wins. Absolutely. I think, like, it shouldn't – I don't really, like – I mean, Barry, you said it. It's like Cubs win. I'm still celebrating normally. And honestly, like, I guess, like, I'm still, like, happy about it. But honestly, I feel like you're more happy if your team wins this year because it hasn't been a good year for joy. So, right, like, I yeah. feel like winning yeah. a championship in any sport this year, it's like – let's go like this is what the the city needed this is what the the country needed whatever it is but I feel like it, it kind of has more of that like emotional significance for sure but uh this year's gonna be fun or the season's gonna be fun it's gonna be really really weird I want to see if like somebody like Gallo or Judge or someone it's like 40 home runs in 60 games I think something like <laughs> yeah, that would that be, would be so, funny. so funny so someone's gonna hit 400 funny. So yeah, someone's hitting four hundred. Yeah, I, I I think as far as baseball goes, it's such like like the obvious point to make is like the Nationals last year were like or were they nineteen and um thirty one or whatever in their yeah. first fifty games or something like that. And uh, so that's like it's a long it's such a long season, it's such a weird fickle game that like sixty games is obviously not the number that we want, but like given all the circumstances, like the fact that we're gonna have sixty games hopefully is like that's a blessing. Like that like that's amazing. So we just need to look at this, you know, as far as the positives go and it's I'm just glad that, you know, we'll be able to watch a little baseball. I mean, that's honestly where I'm at. You know, like, also, like- I've watched enough Netflix, I've watched enough Hulu. <laughs> Honestly, like, 60-game season, you you can stretch your pitchers out a little bit more, too. 
especially like some of these younger teams, like the Padres and stuff, where you've got such a young rotation, you don't really have that constraint of like, can we actually get them through a full season? You don't have to worry about any of that anymore. Like Chris Paddock, if he was a rookie this year, he doesn't have to worry about innings limit. Just keep going. It's like, I feel like that also, and I think like the, the teams with really good rotations, they're going to feast this year. Like, I mean, you brought up the Diamondbacks. They've got a pretty nice rotation going. So, like, I, I feel like those types of teams with, like, four or five guys, they're going to be really dangerous this year, especially if they're good pitchers don't really slump. You can really get hot early and, and not really you have to worry that much. About Let's pitching. get weird. Let's yeah, get seriously. Weird. That's what this season is going to be. And also, like, to that point, Abbas, like, obviously, if you have, like, three or four big-time big arms, like, that's awesome. But, like, if you have a Garrett Cole or a Max Scherzer, like, you can just push. Like, Max Scherzer is the perfect example because that guy's nuts. And, like, he will – he'll go out there and just I'm, – I'm not coming off the mound for the entire season. Like, you know, like, back-to-back-to-back starts. You know, just, like, if we're in a playoff race, like, at the end of the year, why not? Like, you know, like, it's – it's not it's not like he's gonna have 200 innings like he would have had so you know just just push him and uh Mm -hmm. that see it's it's gonna make this whole season really really intriguing it's just all the different x factors right so Mm -hmm. let's get it going I mean I mean I'm I'm just like I said like my biggest takeaway is I'm just pumped for baseball Mm -hmm. all right well let's end it on that because we're all pumped for baseball but um we're going to let you listen to an ID for like 30 seconds to build the anticipation. We've got Bear versus Cans coming up next. It's going to be a doozy, or the questions are going to be so bad that they're going to boo me off the show. But, uh, you know, stay tuned and let's see how this trivia goes. Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Live from downtown Chicago, you're listening to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. You're listening to ABC, ABC podcast. It's it's trivia time. Cans Bear, are y'all ready? I'm ready. Let's go. I've, I have been ready. I have absolutely been ready. Let's go. All right. Uh, who's starting? So usually how I do it is I just like, you know, odd or even – and like you put a number one or a number two behind your back, and then so I'll I'll just guess uh, even. Yeah, I've got two. All right, I'll go second. All right, cool, cool, cool. Nick Cans. Um, let me see how I have. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, this is really odd. I shouldn't be doing this. Anyways, uh, Nick Cans as a rookie. So uh, everything's uh, like rookie themed, um, like I said in the beginning, Uh, people who have jobs. So we'll be talking about uh, rookies, some good, some bad. And uh, I mean, let's see how it goes. So as a rookie, this guard became the youngest player in NBA history to score more than 50 points in a game. He was 20 years old when he scored 55 points against the Golden State Warriors in 2009. This one-time Orlando Magic floor general skipped college to play internationally before being drafted in 2009. Oh, man. 
could you repeat the question, please, Abbas? Sure, sure. Uh, as a rookie, this guard became the youngest player in NBA history to score more than 50 points in a game. He was 20 years old when he scored 55 points against the Golden State Warriors in 2009. This one-time Orlando Magic floor general skipped college to play internationally before being drafted in 2009. Skip college. Uh, man. I don't think it's right, but is it Brandon Jennings? Dude, you're, you're a machine, man. It's Brandon Jennings. I, I don't know. All right. I, that was pretty vague. So I, I feel like you guys are going to, at least Cans for sure. I did not think you're getting that. That was, my, good, good stuff, that was my guess. That was my guess, but I wasn't totally sure. Yeah, I guess like I, I didn't know if y'all would. Did you know that he played for the Magic? No, that, but that, I knew. Yeah, that was the I part didn't. that I was like, ah, what well, is it him? Okay. But I did okay, know, okay. but I did know that he dropped like 50 plus when he was really young. That's like the one thing I knew. So, dude, I was looking through his thing. He he shot like 35% from the floor as a for a for his career. Like <laughs> Brandon Jennings is like the funniest dude. Like he's anyway. Uh, I can't believe me, he was me. good at one point. <laughs> he's a tough cover, man. He's always been a tough yeah. cover. Really fast, bad shooter. But anyways, yeah. Bear, this former Cavaliers big man replaced Jermaine O'Neal as the youngest player to ever be drafted at roughly 17 years and 245 days old. And in 2005, he became the youngest player to ever play in an NBA game at roughly 18 years of age. This one-time All-Star committed to UConn before foregoing college to enter the NBA draft. Cavaliers. Can you repeat that one more time, please? Thank sure. You. This former Cavaliers big man replaced Jermaine O'Neal as the youngest player to ever be drafted at roughly 17 years and 245 days old. And in, 20, in 2005, he became the youngest player to ever play in the NBA game at roughly 18 years of age. This one-time All-Star committed to UConn before foregoing college to enter the NBA draft. UConn, 2005. Um, man, Kansas, I'm going to be so mad at you if you know this. I'm just, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to say Kwame Brown. No. Kansas? Uh, again, another guess. Uh, is it Anderson Verjao? Nah, it's Andrew Bynum. Uh, Bynum. Oh, yeah. I didn't see, I didn't know he committed to UConn. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. What a, good, what a good, guy. Good. Yeah, dude, I, yeah. I didn't know 17 years old when he got drafted. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Anyway, big boy. Uh, big boy. One zero cans with the lead right now. Uh, next question for cans. A former supersonic and current NBA head coach, this guard tied a rookie record with 25 assists in a game against the Clippers in 1987. This three time head coach once ruptured his Achilles tendon in, in a scrimmage while he was coaching and finished the season in a boot. 
the longtime starting point guard, point guard, went to NC State and had two elite eight appearances in his time there. All right, so current head coach, you said? Current head coach. And a former Seattle Supersonic. Uh, Nate McMillan? Got it. Wow. Kansas. <laughs> Kansas the man. Shout I didn't out, know that one. Shout out uh, NBC Sports Chicago for uh, replaying the 96 Bulls season because I saw him. <laughs> On on the sideline, I was like, "Wait a second! I didn't know he played." Former Blazers coach. He's right. a good coach. Yeah. Oh, he's great coach. Great coach. Bear um, two nothing cans right now. So in 2012, this rookie slugger led the MLB in stolen bases. A New Jersey native, he played shortstop and pitched in high school at Millville Senior High. In his rookie year, he led his team in batting average, runs, stolen bases, hits, and triples. He became the first rookie to hit back-to-back leadoff home runs, while he also became the youngest player to be in the 30-for-30 club. Fun fact, his 30th home run in 2012 was off of current Cub, Yu Darvish. He's also an Eagles fan. Uh, that would be the greatest baseball player of all time, Mike Trout. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I almost cut you one. off. <laughs> how, how, how soon did you know? Uh, when you said he led the league in 2012 in stolen bases. <laughs> From the first one. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Cans. Uh, fifth question. This third baseman is the youngest player to debut in the last 30 years. He was 19 years and 363 days old in his first MLB game. His rookie year came with controversy as the West Coast team he debuted on was found guilty of lying about his age when they signed him. The infielder went on to play for four teams and is known for his defensive skills. Oh, man. Uh, Can I get a repeat, please? Sure. This third baseman is the youngest player to debut in the last 30 years. He was 19 years and 363 days old in his first MLB game. His rookie year came with controversy as the West Coast team he debuted on was found guilty of lying about his age when they signed him. The infielder went on to play for four teams and is known for his defensive skills. Man. Um, I'm searching. Is it? Oh my God. Khalil Green. No, no. (laughs) There, you're up. All right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna throw out a guess. I think I don't think it's right, but Adrian Beltre. Yep, that's right. Oh, okay. Adrian Beltre. Damn, that that's a good that's a good one. Thank you, thank you. This is this is going a lot better than I thought it would. Anyways, tied up. Good. Yo, Abbas, they are good questions. Like you didn't mess this oh, up. Oh yeah, dude. It took me so long to make these. It took me so long to make these. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not going to give you a number of hours, but it, it took hours. 
Uh, all right. Um, Bear, you're up, right? Yeah, two to two. All right, cool, cool, cool. This NBA Hall of Famer is one of two players in NBA history to be named Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. He was drafted in the ABA and the NBA before settling to play in the NBA. While undersized for a center, he went down as one of the best rebounders of all time. Hmm. I got um, Moses Malone. Nah. Oh. So he was rookie of the year, and did you say finals MVP? No, like MVP. Oh, oh, rookie of the year and MVP, undersized for a center. Ooh. Um, George Mikan. Nah, Wes Unsell. That's a good one. That's a good question. That's tough. That's tough. He just, he just, what, he just passed away like 20 days ago, I think? Yeah, you, uh, I think he went to Louisville, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Louisville. Yeah, he went to Louisville. He also, he played with the the Bullets, but he played in like four different cities. They were yeah. for a year in the 70s, they were called the Capital Bullets. Because <laughs> they played in Landover. Nice, nice. All right, yeah, you're see, okay. I, I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cans. All right. Tied up 2-2. So this running back holds the rookie record by a non-kicker in total points scored with 132. This former bear was inducted into the Hall of Fame and his number has been retired by Chicago as well. Walter Payton? No. Ah. That, I mean, that would have been too easy. Read it again. Sure. Uh, This running back holds the rookie record by a non-kicker for total points scored with 132. This former Bear was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and his number has been retired by Chicago as well. Gail Sayers? That's correct. All right. oh. Nice. Yo, oh Bears God. on a three three win streak right now. It's it's three to two now with uh, what three yeah. questions left. I need this one so bad. Oh man, what do we do if there's a tie? That we it's a tie. That's what I I thought about that. I think I I thought about making an eleventh question, but you know, it's okay. a tie. All right. All right, it's a tie. All right, uh, Bear, you're up, right? Yep. All right, three to two. This former Vol set a rookie record for interceptions thrown with 28. He is strangely nicknamed the Caveman. His middle name is Williams, and he has thrown a touchdown pass to former Bear Mitch Unrein. Name this quarterback. Tennessee Volunteer. Um... Peyton Manning? Yeah, Peyton. <laughs> oh my. <sighs> All right, that's 42, Cans. Where you at? 
Oh man. <laughs> Walter Payton, that was such a bad guess. <laughs> All right, Cans. This former Raven set a rookie record for receptions with 101. For his career, he's top 10 in NFL history in receptions and is a one-time Super Bowl champion. He signed with the Buffalo Bills in 2017 before opting to retire less than two weeks after signing. Oh, my God. Let me, let me hear it again, please. Sure. This former Raven set a rookie record for receptions with 101. For his career, he was top 10 in, in, the, in, in NFL history in receptions and is a one-time Super Bowl champion. He signed with the Buffalo Bills in 2017 before opting to retire less than two weeks after signing. Ravens rookie won a Super Bowl. Signed with Buffalo. That's the part that's getting me. I feel like I remember hearing about this. Man, oh man. Tory Smith? Nah. There. Uh, Anquan Bolden? Yeah, that's correct. Oh my god. Nice. nice. What got what gave it for you? Uh for me, I, I just remember he had a big rookie year. Um, but I think I remember the Buffalo stuff. Um, okay. okay. I don't know. It was a guess. All right, all right. Well, cans, uh oh wait, uh sorry, Bear, this one's yours. The last oh, yeah. one. It's so a victory lap. Two. It's a victory lap, is what it is. <laughs> All right, this former Laker guard had an awful rookie season in the NBA and did not blossom till a few years into his Hall of Fame career. He was a lottery pick in 96 and failed to win a championship during his career, but he does have one championship ring. Name this guard. Lakers 96, and he has a ring. By the way, he wasn't drafted by the Lakers. But he was a former right. Laker. Right. 96. I'm going to guess Nick Van Exel. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Cans? Cans? Derek Fisher? Nah. Steve Nash. Oh. oh. Where did he get a ring? He got a, did he get a ring he with the a, Lakers? With the Warriors. Because he was a he was oh, a he was one of the uh, front office guy advisors. That's tricky. <laughs> Ooh. I love it. That's a good question. There's that picture of him and Steve Kerr when yeah. he, when Steve Kerr gave him the ring. That picture right, is right. hilarious. Yeah. All right. Anyways, five congrats, Bear. Five to two. This is your turn. You can whatever you want to talk about for the next, I'll give you 30 seconds, whatever you want to talk about, go for it. Oh, I got, to, I got some around the horn FaceTime. Yeah. Around the horn FaceTime. Yeah. All right. All I want to do for the last 30 seconds here is tell you why LaMelo ball is going to be a good NBA pro. The kid is surprisingly tough. He's six, seven. He can shoot the lights out. He can finish with both hands. He's got 30 moves in the bag. LaMelo ball might be like a part of the biggest like clown show family in the history of uh, professional sports. 
that dude is going to get it done at the next level better than his older brother Lonzo, who, by the way, is very adequate, more than adequate. Lonzo's a good uh, NBA pro. Lonzo will be, or uh, uh, Lamelo will be better than Lonzo. Thank you, guys. All right, Cans Bear. Thank you, Cans. What do you say next week we rerun this and and you guys fight it out again? Hey, I those were those were very those were good questions. Uh like you said, you know, when you heard the answer, you would know who the player was. I just just couldn't put the name and again, Walter Payton. What a that'll haunt me forever. Not a good guess by me. I'm disappointed. All right. Well, Cans, I mean, you're you're three and one. You've got three championships. You've won, lost in one championship. So, I, I'd say a a pretty good pretty good career so far for for Nick Cans. Not good enough, man. <laughs> Not undefeated. Not undefeated. Guess who is undefeated? This guy. <laughs> All right, boys. <laughs> All right, everyone. ABC podcast. Check back in next week for uh, the Nick Cannon Redemption Tour. Thank you for listening. <laughs>